Everything about Christianity is subversive. Imagine trying to develop a monotheistic religion from scratch. The pagan gods have been found to be useless, deaf, and mute. So there must be only one God, an all-powerful God, a God who existed before all things, including time itself. A God whose perfection means that he contains no division. A God who contains all existence and who needs nothing beyond himself, to whom even his creation adds nothing. A God who is completely in control, who directs all things according to his own sovereign will. A God who is defined by glory and majesty. A God whose presence is so powerful that no one can look upon his face and live. If this is the God that monotheists want to preach to the world, and this is certainly God as Christian theology understands him to be, then the facts and teachings of Christianity seem almost purposefully designed to confuse the issue. God is all-powerful, and yet we claim he is also a helpless infant who escaped the sword of one governor only to later be killed by another. God existed before all things, including time itself, and yet we situate his birth and death within recorded human history. God is so perfect, he contains no division. And yet, we paradoxically claim that his perfection also requires him to be a loving union of three persons. God contains all existence and needs nothing beyond himself. And yet we say he is contained in mortal flesh, a flesh which which he had to inherit from a Middle Eastern commoner. God is completely in control, and yet we name churches and have feast days celebrating the fact that his plan of salvation required the agreement and cooperation of a teenage girl. God is defined by glory and majesty, and yet we display him sleeping in an animal's feed box and paint angels announcing his birth, not to kings, but to roving vagabonds sleeping outdoors. God's presence is so powerful that no one can look upon his face and live. And yet we believe not only that he had a human face, but that he had human parents and a human job, and he ate and drank and slept like any of us human beings. Everything about Christianity, everything about the Christmas story, seems to contradict the message of a robust and confident monotheism. But maybe the most surprising part of all of this is that we are surprised. A God who is perfectly predictable is no God at all.
Rather than being infinitely greater than us, such a God is sterilized and simplified so that he can fit inside our tiny little monkey brains. But a God who subverts our every expectation, a God who becomes a man, a God who is born a refugee and dies a criminal, this is a God who is truly greater than us in every way. There is one particular subversion of Christianity that I would like to dwell on briefly this Christmas, and that is the radical locality of Jesus. Jesus was born only six miles from where he died. With the exception of his early childhood in Egypt, Jesus spent his entire life in an area that is the size of the strip of western Washington between Bellingham and Seattle. As Matthew's genealogy makes clear, Jesus was deeply rooted in a specific culture and ethnicity, and Jesus never left or looked beyond this culture. Of his 33 years on earth, he spent 30 of them living with his mother and working a blue-collar job. Even when he did finally branch out, Jesus made a couple of speeches which attracted a few hundred people, but normally his followers only numbered in the dozens. He didn't even write one book or letter, instead letting others deal with that after he died. And it's not like Jesus couldn't have had a broader reach. The Roman Empire was in full swing, and there were commonly used roads from Normandy to Ethiopia to India. He could have ridden and traveled as extensively as his followers did only a few decades later. But he didn't. Jesus spent his entire life in Palestine, ministering in person almost exclusively to the Jews. And not to the Jewish leaders, to the people he literally just encountered in the streets and the marketplaces. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are talking here about the Savior of the world, the one who was born to save all of humanity. Jesus, with his universal mission of salvation, chose to stay near home and hang out with people from where he grew up. Once again, God is subverting our expectations. We expect God to save the world, but he never does and he never will. God only saves us individually, one by one, and from this the world is saved. We expect God to bring peace between nations, but he never has and he never will. Instead, he only ever brings peace between families and within families, and from this nations find peace. We expect God to appear arrayed in majesty to confront evil wherever it may be found. But instead, he only ever confronts the evil he finds in our hearts 
through the quiet and unseen grace of the sacraments and prayer. And from this, all evil is conquered. Do you see how subversive and unexpected this is? Do you see what God is doing? Shockingly, the greatest event in the history of the universe, the entrance of Almighty God into his own creation, was celebrated only by some livestock, some shepherds, and some strange travelers. This fact alone should blow our minds. And yet this is what God does. He subverts our expectations. We expect the all-powerful God of the universe to be found in world events, on the evening news, in some great technological achievement or some impactful speech by a world leader. But he is never found there. He is found in a feed box, in a small suburb outside a medium-sized ancient city. He is found in Bethlehem. And he is found in Bellingham. My friends, God will save you if you let him. God will become incarnate in your lives. He will make his presence known and call you to himself. But it is obvious from the birth and life of Jesus that God will always do this Locally, You don't have to go looking for God. He has already been looking for you, and he has found you here and now. When Jesus is born into your lives, he will be born into your families, into your communities, and into your quiet moments. When the glory of God is revealed to you, it will be revealed in the mundane, the routine, and the local. This Christmas, do not make God so big that he has nothing to do with you. Remember that God made himself unimaginably small so that he could be near to you exactly where you are.